Welcome to Harvest Birth Stories. My name is Sophie Grace and I will be your host for this podcast. We want to share empowering birth stories all across the United States and beyond and encourage mothers all around the world to um, feel proud and feel empowered by any story that they may have um, experienced. So, I will get into the podcast. Thank you. Hi, today we are going to be chatting with Karen, who goes over her birth with her son, Cooper. Um, It was a planned vaginal birth turned into C-section, and she experienced a very, very difficult pups rash throughout her pregnancy. So let's welcome Karin to the podcast today. Okay. Hi, my name is Karin. My husband, Noah, and I just became parents in June to our son, Cooper. Um, He turned five months old yesterday. And we have a country home with two horses, Boone and Blitz, and a wiener dog named Belle. <laughs> um, so let's jump into you guys like starting to think about having a family and how that all went down for you. Uh, so I feel like Cooper was pretty meticulously planned. Um, we knew we wanted to have a baby like late spring, early summer because um, we both work in schools Then we could have the whole summer off, um, you know, with a newborn baby. And then I took a few extra weeks off or planned to for a maternity leave. Uh, but I was also the matron of honor in my best friend's wedding, like the <laughs> summer that we were planning on trying to get pregnant. And I knew I would need a lot of liquid courage to get through the speech. So we actually um, waited to start trying until literally the night of her wedding. Um, We got pregnant pretty quickly. It was the third cycle after we started trying. Well, what a a considerate friend. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So let's chat about um, your pregnancy with Cooper and how that all went down. I know you have uh, a few things to talk about there. Yeah. So actually, um, finding out I was pregnant was kind of funny. So I was following a fertility app and it told me to start testing every month at like eight DPO, which I'm like, okay, there's no way that the test would show positive this early on. Um, so on eight, Days 8, 9, and 10 of the cycle we got pregnant, they were, like, clearly negative. And I was talking with our mutual friend, Ashley. I'm like, this is so disappointing. I know it's only been three cycles. Um, But that morning, she had me take a test and send a picture to her. And I thought it was clearly negative. There was maybe, like, an indent line. And she responded, like, she was so calm. But she's like, I think you should take another one when you get home from work. (laughs) I rushed home from work and it was clearly positive that day. So I was so excited, but I just think it's funny looking back now. Ashley's like, yeah, I knew you were pregnant. So she was the first one to even (laughs) know. Um, So I actually had her like take pictures of me telling Noah that he was going to be a dad. And so it was kind of exciting. Um, And then also just finding out um, I had known 
of four friends, like you were the earliest, like Soren would be the oldest, but five of us mm-hmm. had babies in the span of eight months. So that was also very exciting. Um, so the first yeah. and second trimesters of my pregnancy were like perfect. I was like almost a dream. I had, like, no morning sickness. Um, My only symptoms, really, was I did get bad acne on my face, and I've never had acne before. Um, Yeah, you have clear skin. (laughs) And so that was um, annoying, but that was really my only symptom, other than being really tired, which I feel like everybody goes through. Um, In my first and second trimesters, I did take some classes um, that were free through Sanford, like breastfeeding basics and Mm -hmm. birthing with confidence, but I didn't really do a lot of preparation that way. (laughs) Um, Then the third trimester was definitely more interesting. Um, Around 35 weeks along, I was measuring over three weeks ahead like the doctor was like you're almost measuring at 39 weeks um he was pretty concerned because my family history I mean my brother was 12 pounds at birth and my my cousin was 10 pounds six ounces I believe so he was like um I think I'm gonna send you to maternal fetal medicine in Fargo um we don't want you having a 12 pound baby Um, And you're measuring like super far ahead. So we did get referred to maternal fetal medicine in Fargo. They did like Mm -hmm. a really in-depth ultrasound up there. Um, But thankfully that came back like he was measuring right on time. Um, Mm -hmm. No concerns. So they were like, yep, you can go full term. No concerns. Thankfully. Um, Yeah, because wasn't there kind of like at one point... They had kind of said, like, you're regardless going to need a C-section because of how big your baby was going to be, like, before it even, like, happened. Yeah, like, early, early on in the pregnancy, I was telling him, like, my family history, we've had multiple, like, double-digit pound babies in my family. Um, And so he was like, yeah, you might be a really good candidate for a C-section. We'll keep an eye on it. And then when I was measuring so big in Wapaton at the clinic, that's when we got referred. But with the more up-to-date or more better technology in Fargo, they were like, no, he's measuring right on time. Well, that's good, at least. But how did that kind of make you feel when they were like, you need to have a C-section, like, without even, like, giving you a chance? And, like, having a C-section was on my birth plan. Like, I wasn't, like, terrified of it. I only wanted it if it was medically necessary. But Mm -hmm. I was really, like, upset. I went home crying that day, just, like, that was not in my plan. I really wanted to try, you know, right. him naturally. And so, well, it was a, it then. I didn't know what he was. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was disappointed, but I guess I wasn't, like, surprised with right. my family. Because doesn't your, weren't your, like, your mom and, like, your uncles and aunts, like, huge babies, too? Yeah. So, yeah. well, my aunt and my uncle were twins, so they weren't huge, but everybody else was pretty big. Yeah, and I was like, dang. I, I didn't know Paul was that big as a baby. Yeah, and he I, was huge. Oh, my gosh. That's like a two-month-old. Yeah. I think that's how big Cooper was at two months. 
Right? So is Soren. Soren was 12 pounds when, in December last year. I remember that because I was so proud of him. Anyway, um, so let's talk a little bit more about like the rest of your pregnancy and how, you know, you came into some difficulties at the end. Yeah. So at 36 weeks, um, when we started having weekly doctor's appointments, I noticed I had like a red rash on my arm and I showed it to my husband. I'm like, should we bring this up? And he was kind of like, actually, that looks like bed bugs. So no, let's not bring it up today. And it wasn't really itching yet. So I didn't really think, you know, it was a big deal. But then by my 37 week appointment, it had spread everywhere. It was all over my arms, up and down my legs. My abdomen was covered. Even my boobs were just this red, incredibly itchy rash. And it would get so much worse at night and so I went into that 37 week appointment just almost in tears like I was miserable itching all the time um they tested me for I think it's called coleostasis um and that came back negative so then they just diagnosed me with pups rash um Mm -hmm. and there's just really not even a way to describe the misery you're in when you have this rash, like I would not wish it on my worst enemy. Um, and the longer I was pregnant, it got worse. Like it spread to the palms of my hands, the bottoms of my feet. There was a couple days Noah would come home from work and I would be laying on the carpet doing snow angels because the carpet <laughs> felt so good to itch this rash. And they they said, you know, you can't get scars if you itch it. So I was just going at it. But I did end up having a couple scars on my legs from itching so bad. Um, at 38 weeks, they prescribed me, let's see, some prednisone, Vistral, I mean, a cream that was not over the counter. We tried everything. None of that really helped. Um we tried hydrocortisone, we tried calamine lotion, we tried aloe vera. I mean, you name it, I probably tried it. I was so miserable that's, crawling that's... out of my skin. You almost needed like a like a uh like a numbing cream yes. that you can get like you'll get like a wax. Yeah. That would have probably actually helped. That's something that we didn't try, but I mean the only thing that really seemed to make somewhat of a difference is every night I would take a pretty cold shower and use pine tar soap which smelt disgusting by the way but it was the only thing that helped and so I would do that at night and then bless Noah's heart I mean at this time I was absolutely huge so every night he would like I would get out of the shower and he would put hydrocortisone everywhere on me and then I would try to fall asleep so fast before the itching would take over oh my Um, gosh I like can't even understand. Like I've had poison ivy before, and I'm just like, mm, if that was all over my body, oh, uh, it just sounds miserable. Like absolutely miserable. <laughs> like the best description is like having an annoying mosquito bite everywhere, and yeah, constantly. Like it's so bad. Uh, uh, yeah. So let's kind of. Um, backtrack a little bit and um, before like we go into your birth and everything talk about like who you chose for your care team 
And um, if you were like happy with that decision and all that jazz, and I know you touched a little bit on any preparation, but if you have any more to share, like feel free to do that now. (laughs) Yeah, I really did not prepare enough, I don't think. Um, I did nothing besides those two classes. And um, Mm -hmm. let's see, I took like primrose oil at night. I heard that was good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bounced on an exercise ball a lot. Went on a lot of walks and curb walking. But other than that, I did not prepare at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's more than some. I um, decided I wanted a hospital birth, um, just knowing the fact that I could potentially have a C-section. I just wanted to be there. We went through Stanford in Fargo. Um, I had an OB that would come to Wapaton every week, and then he also (laughs) delivered in Fargo. So he was my, I mean, primary care provider, and I was really happy with him and the nurses. I mean, everyone was great. That's good. Good. Okay. Well, let's jump into your birth and like kind of where you were like week wise and like how things kind of started. Okay. So um, at my 39 week appointment, actually, I went in just absolutely bawling in misery from my pups rash and my OB was actually gone he was in Australia um for two (laughs) weeks at that point and I'm like wow this is really great timing so I had um one of the nurse practitioners check me out and she informed me she's like well um Sanford policy you can't be induced until um I think it was 41 weeks gestation unless it was medically necessary Um, Mm -hmm. So the best that they could do was they put me on what they called a rolling induction list. And basically they said, you know, someone cancels an induction, like if they go into labor naturally early, or they just happen to have an opening, they would call someone on that list. But you basically had to like be ready at that point Mm -hmm. that they called. Mm -hmm. Um, So at 39 weeks, I was put onto that list. Um, and so I had my phone volume on high. I was ready for them to just call me and head up to Fargo. Um, but by 40 weeks, one day, I still hadn't received a call. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm probably just going to make it to 41 weeks. Um, and they'll <laughs> just induce me, which is funny. Cause that night I just, I turned my phone off, plugged it in. We went to bed and the next morning, so it would have been June 21st. Um, I woke up from itching because I had been waking up every hour, it seemed like. And I looked at my phone. It was about 5.45 a.m. And I had a missed call from a number that I didn't recognize. But they had left a voicemail and it was at 5.30. They had left a voicemail. And so I listened to it and I like literally shot out of bed. I mean, as fast as a pregnant woman can. But And Noah's like, what, 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 what? And I'm like, we missed a call from the family birth center. I'm like, we need to call back right now. They're going to fill my spot. I need to get in there. And <laughs> Noah is like the most calm human being. And he's like, okay, wait, take a breath. Let's get up of bed. Let's go downstairs and grab a notebook in case we need to take notes. And I'm just freaking out. I'm like, they're going to give away our spot. We need to call right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we called and they were like, can you get here by seven for an induction? And I'm like, of course. And 
we're an hour away and so we really had to leave within like five minutes but I'm like yes we're gonna be there um and my mom was actually on my birth plan too to be in the room so then I called my mom right away and we left right away (laughs) we had no yeah ready but we were packed for the hospital so that was fine I'm I'm sure you were you're just like (laughs) you have everything done ahead of time and you plan everything so I'm sure you had everything like organized and with a little list that has check marks and it's color coordinated oh yeah for sure and everything was already in the car too (laughs) yeah of course why wouldn't it be probably was a 30 weeks (laughs) yeah probably it was as soon as we were sent to Fargo for maternal fetal medicine everything was in the car (laughs) anyway so you get up there so yep we were checked into the delivery room had all forms signed the birth plan read with the nurse uh hooked up to monitors probably by about eight um my birth plan was like super basic I didn't really have anything off the charts um I knew I wanted an epidural um I am just not that good with pain um but I wanted to be mobile as long as I could so I didn't want the epidural until I couldn't handle it anymore and so that was kind of what my wishes were as far as the birth plan um Mm -hmm. actually when I got hooked up there I was already having some contractions which I didn't even know um Mm -hmm. I had some contractions the week prior that were pretty consistent but not consistent enough to like okay we should go in so that's kind of what I Mm -hmm. assumed that they were but she the nurse is like yeah actually you're having contractions already um nice but they, the first thing they tried to induce labor was cervical gel, and I don't even know what it was called other than that. Was it like Cervidil? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's Cervidil and Cytotec. Oh, no. I think. I, well, no, it wasn't a pill. Cytotec's a pill, right? Cytotec's a pill, and I think Cervidil is like the gel. Yeah, it was definitely the gel. I think. Nobody quote me on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tried that. That was the first thing. Um, I spent the morning pretty much just walking in the hallway, bouncing on the ball. Um, We've actually played some cards. Just pretty chill. Um, When the nurse checked me um, right after about noon, there was no progress. I think I was only measuring a one. Um, Mm -hmm. So they did another dose of the cervical gel. And then about five o'clock, my OB came in and he had literally just gotten back from Australia the day before. Um, (laughs) He came to check me about five. I was 80% effaced and three centimeters dilated by then. My contractions Mm -hmm. were pretty consistent, but not painful really. But he did break my Mm -hmm. water at that time. So about five o'clock that night. Um, And then he came back and checked at about 6.30. I was still only a three, but this was when the contraction started getting more painful. So then I did get my epidural around seven that Mm -hmm. night. And then they didn't check me again until nine, and I had only progressed to 3.5 centimeters. And so then they started oxytocin. Mm -hmm. And... Like, yeah, Pitocin, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And so that, they were hoping it would encourage stronger contractions to help me dilate faster. Um, and in, in this time, like, how were you feeling kind of, like, mentally? Great. Yeah. I, yeah. for the majority of my labor, I was very calm, feeling really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just great. And actually, at this point, I was pretty comfortable. And so I did fall asleep, like, for a little bit of chunk of the night. Um, by the time I woke up, it was like 1am, they came to check me and I was complete. So like, I don't know if I just needed to relax. Maybe I was too tired or the epidural really just yeah. helped me relax. Um, but yeah, by the next check, I was complete. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? I just think it's so wild how, like, some people can go, like, days trying to progress and then some, like, go, like, days trying to get to a three and then they just shoot up to a ten. Like, I just don't understand. I don't get it. Right. (laughs) It's so crazy to me. So was your um, rash, like, how was that when you were in labor? Could you, was it still itchy? So it was terrible until I had my epidural. And then it was like, oh, I can't even feel it. Right. I was going to say, I feel, I bet that felt really nice yes. so, to like yeah. have at least half your body numb. Right. And at this point, really the worst part of the rash at this far in my pregnancy was like on my feet. So it was like amazing. I mean, my arms and my belly still itched, but it was hardly bad at all once I got to the hospital right like compared to compared to the misery I had been for three weeks yeah like I was listening to a podcast yesterday and the girl that's what I was going to ask you is because this girl said that like as soon as she went into labor her rash like stopped itching and so I didn't know if maybe you experienced that like isn't this just so strange how like I don't know it's like I was thinking about something else too but it was just a whole different story once I was in labor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all you think about. Right. <laughs> anyway, c- continue on. Okay, so it was like um, probably 2 a.m. and the nurse was doing a few practice pushes with me. Um, and then I did push for about 30 minutes, but baby was like not coming down into the birth canal. So they were like, why don't we just rest for an hour, let the contractions kind of do their thing, see if he comes, or baby, I didn't know, um, comes down further, and then we'll try again. Um, So at about three, they came in with the doctor, tried again. Um, Baby still hardly moved any further down into the birth canal. And then we Mm -hmm. found out that he was facing the wrong way, like not breach, but he was facing up instead of down yeah. towards my back what is it like occiput uh, anterior is that yeah what it is? Oh, maybe that's the right one I don't know I'd have to look that up but like what they call it is like sunny side yep. up right? yeah and yeah. they were like well you can deliver this way but it's harder and maybe that's why the baby is not coming down um uh, but they were like let's try to push you know anyways and Every time I would push, the baby's heart rate would just drop, like, drastically. Um, So they basically were like, okay, we need to stop right away. Um, And then they placed a fetal scalp electrode monitor in. And so that, like, is placed in, like, on his head to help better Mm -hmm. monitor his heart rate. 
Um, and then also at this point, they tried to turn him. And I really do not remember this happening, except for it was extremely uncomfortable. But they were yeah, mm-hmm. trying to turn him. That didn't work. Um, and they also had turned down my epidural. They were hoping that, you know, stronger contractions would force him to come down. And I got super nauseous when they did this. This was like when everything changed for me. I became super nauseous. I became super emotional. I mean, I was crying a lot. Um, I was pushing the epidural button, trying to get it to come I'm like I need more meds on board I was pushing it as often as they would let me which I think that you could only push it once every two minutes but I was doing that um I threw up so much I don't know if it was the pain or just the anxiety of it all but that was like the turning point for my mental health yeah there gets to be that point (laughs) like nothing is progressing the pushing is not working his heart rate was dropping it was just not good at that point um how was your your mom in this situation so both my mom and noah were great they would be you know one took basically each leg and were really talking me through um every push or every paper that we had to sign they would read it with me before I had to sign um they were Mm -hmm. great yeah yeah (laughs) anyway continue on (laughs) so at about 6 30 a.m before so shift change for nurses was at seven and they wanted me to try pushing one more time with my night nurse so at about 6 30 they came in one more time to try to push and the baby's heart rate dropped further than it had before um so they were like okay he's in fetal distress Mm. we need to do a c-section and I think I was just in such shock uh my night nurse was amazing and then this new nurse came in and she's like yep we're doing a c-section I felt like I didn't even have like a choice or even time to think everything through Right. Um, she, this new nurse was pushing papers in my face. Like you need to sign this in case you lose blood. You need to sign in. I just remember looking at Noah and I'm like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and I think my mom got me a bag. Like, I mean, just in time. Um, and I looked at the nurse. I'm like, I need to talk to my OB before I sign anything. Um, I want to know from him that this is basically my only option. Um, so they called him, he was at a hotel and he came <laughs> over and, um, we talked it through and we decided it was about seven forty-five when we decided, okay, yeah, this is really the only choice we have. He is in distress and, um, to, for the health of him, we need to have a C-section. Right. Um, so we signed the papers at seven forty-five. They took me off to the OR pretty much right away. Um, Noah went somewhere. I don't know where to get all his goofy surgical outfit things on. Um, I remember being wheeled into this huge, bright, white room, and I was so scared. I mean, I was by myself. My mom couldn't come with, only Noah. And um, they moved me to the table, and they were pinching me with... um, like a tweezers and they were like can you feel this and I was like yep I can and they would 
give me more meds and they would ask again. I was like, yeah, I can still feel that. And by the third time they were like, well, if you can still feel it now, we're going to have to put you under. We can't give you any more meds. And I don't know if them saying that was enough or if it was enough meds because I'm like, nope, can't feel anything. Go ahead. That's so terrifying though. I know. It was like so scary. Um, And so the doctor, my OB couldn't do the C-section. He didn't, I don't even remember what it was. He didn't have the training or he wasn't, you know, certified through that hospital. But so I had a different OB. She kind of walked over the procedure with me one more time. And then they didn't bring Noah in right until before. Mm -hmm. Um, So they bring Noah in and then they're like, okay, we're, we're cutting now. I mean, I couldn't feel anything except for pressure when they pulled baby out. And one of my wishes on the birth plan was for Noah to tell me um, what baby was because we hadn't found out yet. And so I heard the doctor say, okay, dad, here's the baby. And um, Noah looked at me. We had tears in his eyes. He's like, it's a boy. (laughs) And we were so excited. And uh, I remember the doctor saying, does he have a name yet? And I just yelled, it's Cooper. (laughs) we had had names picked out from 20 weeks on but we hadn't told anybody but each other so I just felt like I needed to scream it like we had been holding it together for over 20 weeks did you have like more than one name or just one boy name we just had one boy name and one girl name yeah I just think that's so funny because like when we were having we did the same thing like I had Logan like say what it he was and we had boy names and Logan actually liked the other one better and then they're like what's baby same and I was like Sora like I'm like I didn't even give Logan a chance to have an option it's like the same thing yeah I'm like this is what it's gonna be everybody heard it now we did all the work we should get to pick right exactly I agree with that we do all the work um so what did you do post uh c-section like right after he came out and like Noah announced so like the cool thing about c-sections is like they have a monitor by your face so you can kind of see like when they take baby away to be weighed and cleaned and whatnot and so Noah got to go with Cooper but I had to obviously stay while they were stitching me up and I was watching him on the screen and I just remember like looking at him and my first thought was oh my god he looks like Paul I mean (laughs) that was I think the first thing besides his name that came out of my mouth I mean he looked like my brother from a baby like pictures like they look the same but he wasn't 12 pounds was he (laughs) no he was eight pounds seven ounces he was perfect um but yeah he just looked like my brother I remember that thinking that right away um I really don't remember a lot of the first day of his life. I was so drugged up. I don't even remember, like, leaving the OR to go to the recovery room. I I do remember waking up in the recovery room, and Cooper was already breastfeeding. So, obviously, they had situated (laughs) that to happen. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, I remember 
my mom getting to come in and meet him for the first time. I mean, she was bawling, but that's she was. my emotional mom. <laughs> it was so cute. Um, I remember Noah and my mom changing his first diaper and he did a fountain right away <laughs> for them. Um, the only other thing I really remember of the first day of his life was telling my mom, I'm just so tired. I can't keep my eyes open. I mean, I think I sat with my eyes closed all day. I hardly remember anything. Um, my mom had this whole family text going to like keep them updated and everyone kept texting like, what is it? We're dying to know what's the name. And my mom was like, I'm not saying that's for the new mom and dad. And Noah wouldn't say either because he wanted me to, you know, announce and I was just so out of it. I don't think they found out until that night. Oh, that's so sweet, though. I'm sure you appreciated that when you, like, came to. I did. (laughs) Because that's, like, the funnest part about having a surprise gender is being able to tell people what it is. Yeah, and I had this announcement picked out, too. Like, I saw this video on TikTok where you buy, like, a bow and a hat and you, you know, you move them side to side, and then you start the video over with them wearing that outfit. I wanted to do that so bad. I had it packed and everything, and I was just way too tired. I didn't do it. I just told people what he was. Yeah, literally nothing matters after birth besides just feeding and laying. (laughs) And enjoying baby. Yeah, so, um, Beings like your birth plan didn't really go to plan. Kind of, if you want to, like, walk us through, like, how you felt in that, like, as reflection after it happened. Like, what were your feelings towards that right away? So I was pretty disappointed. I cried a lot, you know, between that time when the nurse was like, basically, you're having a C-section. And when we came down to saying, okay, we're going to go through with the C-section, I was pretty upset. I kind of felt like I had failed. Um, And I don't know. I just was very disappointed, really. I cried a lot, threw up a lot. Um, I didn't but you, it helped you did more. Question. Like, oh, what was that? Did something just go off? My computer did. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I was going to say, you did more than like, I feel like a lot of people do. Like you did the labor and, and the pushing and then had the C-section. Like, I feel like you did it all. <laughs> like there should be no failure in that at all. I think it was just so disappointed that I had gotten that far. Like, I got to complete, I got to push, and then it just, the baby didn't come. I think it was just so disappointing. Like, my mom had C-sections with us both, obviously with Paul because he was huge. But even with me, (laughs) she just never progressed past, like, a two. And so, Mm. you know, by the time I had gotten to a 10, I thought for sure I was going to have this baby naturally. And so I think that was just the most disappointing part. But now that I kind of think about it, you know, I think for baby number two, we will have a planned um, C-section and just go into it knowing this is going to happen. I'm not going to have to go through 26 hours of labor before. I won't be as tired. Um, I know what to expect. There's kind of a couple things I want to try. Like I want to try the... um, like the mother assisted c-section yes. um yeah so I, love that. I don't know it's 
looking back now, it's not the worst thing. I have a healthy baby and I recovered fine. So now it's fine. But at at the moment, it was so disappointing. That was my next question was if you were going to plan on doing it again. But it sounds like you've already got it all planned out. Yeah, I (laughs) think we're going to do it again. Yeah. Have you seen the videos of like the... we learned about it in our doula class. It was like family centered C-section. So it's like kind of like, it's like the maternal assisted, but they have like the clear drape over. So you can like see kind of what's happening besides like the actual cutting. Um, Cause it's like solid on the bottom, but like you right. get to see baby coming out and everything like that. Like, cause it's clear. And then they just like put baby on you right away. I have not heard of that, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I think they do like a two drape process. So like, there's a a solid one and a clear one next to each other. And then so like, as they're scalpeling you apart, the, the hard or like the not clear one is up. And then as soon as they're done with that, they drop that. So then like, you can like see baby coming out and everything. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you ever wanted to do that, that's something to ask yes, about. I will. Uh, so how did your postpartum recovery go and your feeding? I know you could chat a little bit about your feeding plans if you wanted to. Yeah. So um, postpartum for C-section is definitely a process. Um, I wanted to go on a walk with Cooper so bad like the day that we got home from the hospital and so um, we drove to town obviously because we live on gravel and that stroller just did not work Um, we went to town to go on a walk and I made it half a block and I was about ready to pass out I remember being so disappointed like that I couldn't walk very far Um, but we went for a walk every day and every day got a little bit better but it did take me a really long time to recover but thankfully I never had um, an infection in my wound or anything so that went really smooth Mm -hmm. Um, I had planned on breastfeeding for a year that was my goal going into Mm -hmm. this Um, it did not work out that way I uh, before we even left the hospital Cooper had dropped 14% of his birth weight so they told me um, you need to hand express 10 milliliters after every feeding and then you need to feed that to him um, to kind of supplement to try to get his uh, weight back up and I broke down in tears I tried it Um, it took forever to get 10 milliliters of colostrum out right after you feed a newborn Um, so I decided to supplement with formula um, until his one week appointment we went back to Fargo um he had weighed in and he had gained um his birth weight and more so they're like oh my gosh yay he's doing great um you can stop supplementing with formula he has a great latch keep breastfeeding doing what you're doing um and she was great the lactation consultant was great um Mm -hmm. and he did have a really good latch pretty much right away but I, and I don't even know what it was, but I hated breastfeeding. I, yeah, and that's fine to admit. <laughs> I hated it. I don't know if I was uncomfortable. I don't know if it was like 
I had baby blues pretty bad too. So I don't know if I was just struggling with that and breastfeeding and it takes all your time and I don't know what it was, but I would get done breastfeeding and I would not even want to, I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) I would not even want to hold him. Like I would just be done. I was, I don't know, totally worn out from the whole process. And so I remember going to that appointment and just hoping they would be like, oh, breastfeeding's not working. You better just feed formula. I just wanted like an excuse to not breastfeed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I remember talking to you like right after you had him and you telling me this and I was like, dude, I hate it too. (laughs) And you were like, this sounds so nice to hear it from somebody else that doesn't love it. (laughs) Because like, um, I mean, you, uh, all my friends, except for my cousin who had a baby, were all breastfeeding, which is great. I think breastfeeding is great. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was just not for me. Um, But then Ashley had told me, you know, try it just for two weeks. Like, try to make it to the two-week point, and then if you don't like it, then then Mm -hmm. I would say you can, you know, switch. And so I kept trying, you know. I mean, his latch was good. He was eating enough. So that was good for my, you know, anxiety. Is he eating enough? Um, So I kept going for two weeks. And, you know, it did get better for a while. He, I found a more comfortable position. um, And it wasn't taking him quite as long to eat. But he was so spitty. (laughs) It's just like. I can relate. (laughs) He still is. But he's not as bad on formula. But he would just spit up every single feeding and so I would just be emotional about that like did he just spit up everything that I had made for him it was right so then I changed my goal I'm like okay I want to make it to two months everything that I found online like the biggest benefits are right away and then it's not as much I mean obviously breast milk is the best but I'm like okay yeah reset my goal I'm like I'm gonna make it to two months and then we will switch to formula. And we did. I made it to two months to the day. And then I started weaning. So he was actually on breast milk for three months, but I started weaning at two. Nice. Um, yeah. And it was so freeing. Um, I had, that was my question, was how do you feel now after stopping? I, I felt so much better. Um, I was really emotional our last feeding. I was nervous, you know, we would have less of a bond or, um, I don't know that he wouldn't like formula as well, but it went really well. The transition, I feel so much better. And really with my job, I am realizing now that I'm back to work, that it would have been extremely difficult to find time in my day to pump, which I know that they are required to give you, but it would have just been really stressful for me and when I did pump when I was breastfeeding I was really only getting enough for him so I would never make like a freezer stash so yeah I think it's helping my anxiety that I can just bring him to daycare he has formula I know he'll never run out of something yeah (laughs) yeah do you think like going forward if you guys decided to ever have another you would um do any breastfeeding right away or do you think you would just start with formula? Um, so I think that I will always breastfeed the first couple months. Um, yeah. I think that 
I want that, you know, start for the babies. Um, yeah. And it was easier when I was at home. Obviously, it would be harder when I went back to work. So I think I'll always breastfeed, you know, over maternity leave and then switch to formula. I don't think I'll ever yeah. make it to a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It is so freaking hard. And everybody just says, like, it's natural. It's natural. And I'm like, I don't care how natural it is. This shit is hard. It's so hard. And, so and I just wish it was more, you know, vocalized that it's okay. And so yeah. I made a big Facebook post hoping that it would reach at least one other mom out there. Like, it's okay to quit breastfeeding because I felt yeah. like the worst mom when I quit, but I feel so much better now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot out of you, especially if you, I mean, when they're that little, they're eating like nine times a day. And if you hate it every nine time, <laughs> it's like, that's a lot of your day that you're hating. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, I would pretty much dread every feeding. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you like would like to share, like as far as um, just any resources that you have or like anything you'd like to share to other moms to hear like that maybe helped you? Uh, definitely don't have any resources, but I want to tell those moms out there that hate breastfeeding like me. Um, when your kid goes off to kindergarten, you're going to look at a room of kindergarten kids and you're not going to know which one was breastfed and which one was formula fed. Um, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Fed is best. Yeah, I love that. And you know, because you're a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Karin, for joining. It was so good. I loved it. Um, I will stop this and see everybody in the next one. (laughs) Thank you.